0: Good evening, and welcome to tonight's live and interactive Telephone Town Hall. Tonight, I am joined by the Alberta Pension Plan Public Engagement Panel, including panel chair Jim Dinning, panel members Mary Ritchie and Moyen Yaha. Before we hear from our speakers, let me start by explaining how this Town Hall will work. Right now, thousands of Albertans from across northern Alberta are connecting to the call, and very soon you will have a chance to join the conversation. You can get in line to join this conversation right now or at any time by pressing star three on your phone. You'll be connected to an operator who will ask for your name and your community. And if you do not feel comfortable sharing your comments live, you can tell the operator that you would like to have them read for you. We hope to use this time to have a two-way conversation about the Alberta pension plan. The panel want to hear your ideas, your suggestions, as well as answer any questions you may have. I would now like to take this opportunity to welcome Jim Dinning, Chair of the Alberta Pension Plan Public Engagement Panel to share some opening remarks. Jim, please go ahead.
1: Well, good evening everyone. And thanks to each of you for joining us for this, our very first town hall meeting. As Sarah said, my name is Jim Dinning. I served in the Alberta government as a public servant, then as a member of the Alberta Legislative Assembly and a cabinet minister until 1997. Today, I'm a businessman and uh, serve on various corporate and not for profit boards. I'm happy to be joined by my two fellow panelists. First of all, Mary Ritchie, who is a respected chartered accountant and a corporate director. And Mary was Alberta's first nominee to serve on the board of directors of the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board when it was established in 1997. And Moyne Yaya is a highly regarded law professor at the University of Alberta. And Moyne served on the government's Fair Deal panel. And it was that Fair De- Deal panel which partly got us here. They recommended the government examine and uh, an Alberta pension plan. So the government did. They commissioned a study from a pension expert, uh, a company called Morneau-Chapelle, now known as LifeWorks. And they were called upon to crunch the numbers and see if an Alberta pension plan could work. LifeWorks came back with some interesting findings, which the government published for everyone to read. And you can find it on the website at albertapensionplan.ca. And at the same time, the government created our independent panel to listen, to listen to Albertans and report back on what we heard, what you said, what your reactions are to the LifeWorks report and to the concept of an Alberta pension plan.
2: Now, uh,
1: I left politics a quarter of a century ago, and even when I was a politician, I cared more about public policy than politics. And that's why I agreed to chair this panel, because for something this big, it's important to have a rational adult discussion. These days, frankly, there aren't enough of those, so we want to have one here. Now, for some people, the whole idea of an Alberta pension plan is a non starter. No matter what, the answer is no, full stop. Okay, I get that. For other people, the answer is yes, no matter what. More Alberta, less Ottawa, we often heard said. Okay, I get that one too. But for a lot of people, The answer is maybe. Maybe, but but frankly, it just depends. And that's why we need to hear your comments today. What does it depend on? What concerns need to be addressed? And what conditions need to be in place? We're not here as advocates, we're here as listeners, less to answer questions, more to hear your comments. And in the end, you are the jury. Our job is to tell the government, here is what Albertans told us, these are their thoughts and concerns, and that it will be up to the government to decide how to proceed. I'm now gonna turn it over to my fellow panelists. First to Mary Ritchie. Mary.
3: Thank you, Jim. And hello, everyone. My name is Mary Ritchie. In terms of background, my formal training is as a chartered accountant. And over the years, I've provided advice to many public and private companies, particularly regarding financial oversight and auditing. I also had the privilege of serving on the very first board of the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board, which was created to manage the assets of the CPP. So I bring a unique perspective to this having seen and experienced how the CPP pension funds are managed right from its beginnings. I know from experience how crucial it is for people's pension assets to be managed well. So that's an area we really hope to gain insight into tonight. If Alberta left the CPP and started an Alberta plan, there would be a huge pension fund to manage. I know people have different views about the size of Alberta's share, but regardless of the exact number, it would be significant. So a big question is, how would Albertans want this managed? What should the oversight look like? How do you balance independence and accountability? And what kind of mandate would be best? The CPP Investment Board has a mandate to achieve a maximum rate of return without undue risk of loss. Quebec does something similar with their plan, but they also allow their pension fund to be used to stimulate economic development in Quebec. Is that a model to consider? We really look forward to your feedback on this as we will use it to develop our recommendations. So if you have some thoughts on this, please press star three to let us know. And with that, I will turn things over to Moyen Yayang.
4: Thank you, Mary. Uh, By way of introduction, it was my privilege to serve on the Fair Deal panel, which the premier at the time had impaneled to canvas the views of Albertans on how best to strengthen Alberta's position within Confederation. A separate pension plan for Alberta was something that we heard some strong voices in favor of, but we did not have all the information to give the government a clear answer on what to do next. As such, we recommended, based on the feedback that we had received, that the government should look into the question in more depth and in more detail, and then put the question ultimately to the people of Alberta via referendum. So that is why we are here now. I should note that pensions are meant to be in the constitutional order uh, speaking a provincial matter the provinces agreed to join the federal government in the 1960s on the creation of a cpp but there was an understanding that the provinces could get out any time if they chose to do so quebec decided to opt out right from the get go but other provinces especially ontario insisted that there be language in the legislation that reserved the right for, other, for, for Ontario, and for that matter, other provinces, to exit. So, there is a section in the CPP Act, which is a federal act, that says that provinces can opt out later, but it also provides a formula to ensure that when they do opt out, they can take their assets with them to start a provincial one. This does not require the consent of other provinces, but that's not to say that there won't be some political ripples from this. It is important to note that this section was updated in 1997 to include returns from the new CPPIB, that's the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board Fund, that they were creating. So the legal path is clear, and there is a formula in the Act that seems pretty clear, and this question may end up before the courts, before we know exactly how much we get, but that's why we want to hear from you. On what parameters the panel should recommend to the government if it decides, if the government decides to go ahead with a referendum that answers the question with a yes. I'm excited to hear from everyone and I look forward to your questions and comments. Thank you.
0: And thank you to each of the panel members for those opening words. For those who are just connecting, I would like to welcome you to tonight's live and interactive Telephone Town Hall. If you would like to join the conversation right now or at any time, you can do so by pressing star 3 on your phone and you will be entered into the queue. And for those of you listening online, you can enter your comments, feedback, suggestions, or any questions directly into the portal. We want to start tonight's conversation by first asking you a question that the panel would like to know. For those joining by phone, I would now draw your attention to your keypad because that's how you will be selecting your response. After I've asked the question, you can choose your response by pressing the corresponding number on your keypad. I encourage you to please listen to all of the answers before you make your selection. And for those of you listening online, you will see the poll on the portal and you can choose your answer directly there. I'll now go ahead with the question. What are you most concerned about with an Alberta provincial pension plan? One, if Alberta pensions will be lower. Two, if my pension will follow me if I move. Three, how the investments are managed. Four, I am not concerned. I think Alberta will benefit. Again, the question is, what are you most concerned about with an Alberta provincial pension plan? One, if Alberta pensions will be lower. Two, if my pension will follow me if I move. Three, how the investments are managed. Four, I am not concerned. I think Alberta will benefit. We thank you very much for participating in the quick poll. And I would now like to take the opportunity to get the conversation started by reading the first comment that has come in from an online listener. This is from Philip. And Philip says, why would Canada and the rest of the provinces agree to Alberta having 50% plus of the CPP assets? And so I'll ask panel chair Jim Dinning to please get the conversation started by responding to Philip, who's listening online.
1: Well, thank you, Sarah, and thank you, Philip. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, Moine pointed out uh, that the Act was established in 1966, updated in 1997. But it was clear there that that uh, provinces have the legal authority to decide to opt out, to pull out, and establish their own pension plan it was it was at the behest of of all the premiers but especially john robarts who was then the premier of ontario and and as for the actual amount so it can be done as for the actual amount that's one of the questions that the government asked morneau Chappelle. and if you can access the report or read it I should say that's a real word is read not access If you can read the report on pages 48 and 49, you'll see that the the actuaries, the professional actuaries, have come up with and and create and, and not created but done the mathematics to show that at, that there was a huge amount of 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 uh, contributions by Albertans and a far le- a less amount drawn from the fund. Especially in this last uh, two two and a half decades, and that as they estimate that at the end of 2021, on page 49, that Alberta is a net beneficiary of 277 billion dollars. Now you can argue with the math all you want, and and, and there will be an argument. There will be negotiations. But the fact is, this is the only actuarial study that's been done to determine what Alberta's number would be. And at this point, they, they're saying that by 2027, it will be $334 billion. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much, Jim. I'm going to keep the conversation going with a a comment and question that has come in from Wayne, who's listening online. And Wayne says, who will be managing the plan if it goes ahead? For example, choosing how those pensions will be invested. So I'm going to ask panel member Mary Ritchie to perhaps offer some feedback um, in response to Wayne's question.
3: Mary. Thank you for your question, Wayne. And this, of course, is an integral part of how this might operate this Alberta pension plan if it happens. There are a number of options. One, the money could be left for the CPP Investment Board to manage on Alberta's behalf, or a group could be created in Alberta to manage those investments with a similar mandate, as I mentioned earlier, maximizing return, minimizing risk and that Quebec has a way of uh, also using it to stimulate their economy. But those are issues to be determined, but there are many options. I hope that answers your question, Wayne.
0: Thanks very much. And just a reminder, if you want to join this conversation and you're listening on your phone, you can do so by pressing star 3 and you'll be entered into the queue. And for those who are listening online, you can submit your question, your comments, your feedback directly in that online portal. The next dialogue comes from Sarah, who's listening online from Grand Prairie. And Sarah says, how do you know that the money will be there in 20 years when I retire? So I'm going to ask panel member Moyen Yaha to please go ahead.
4: Uh, thank you for the question. So that's uh, one of the uh, you know concerns that uh, we are uh, by by you asking the question, the panel can take back to the government and suggest uh, recommend that if insofar as you introduce legislation creating an Alberta pension plan, that the legislation should guarantee that there the benefits will be the same or better, and that the contributions will be the same or lower than what uh, people are paying now into the CPP, and that uh, the legislation should mandate that assets in the Alberta Pension Plan uh, Trust Fund or whatever uh, it's called, shall be only used for pensioners, only used to be paid out to a pension. So this is something that would have to be put into the legislation by the government of Alberta uh, prior to uh, even the the question being put in the referendum. Uh, The key is that Alberta is entitled to a large sum of money from the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board, and that uh, large amount of money would allow the Alberta Pension Plan to get, a, you know, hit the road running, so to say. And uh, that is the the important uh, aspect of the creation of an Alberta Pension Plan: is the large amount that is owed to Alberta, as well as legislation that would ensure that the money is only used for pension payouts.
0: Thanks so much, Moyen. Keeping the conversation going, I would like to welcome Wanda, who's listening from Peace River. Wanda, please go ahead. Your line is now open. Thank you. Um, I had a couple of things.
5: So I'm uh, reading the Ta'i Parkland Institute, and they've pointed out some flaws in the uh, assumptions. And uh, one of the things that they pointed out was If I'm paying into an Alberta pension plan, then the beauty of the CPP, the Canada Pension Plan, is that if I move anywhere in Canada, um, I still get my pension. But the Alberta plan would be skewed if people are leaving the province and pulling their pension from that plan or not um, contributing to the plan, so that's one thing. Am I?
0: Yep. Thanks, Wanda. If you want to go ahead, um, if you have something more to share, you can uh, keep going.
5: Well, it's just uh, problematic that it's a misrepresentation of the numbers in the report and telling Albertans that we're going to have so much money that I, I think that if we looked further into it, that A Canada-wide pension is going to have so much more investment and so much more return on the investment. And the Alberta pension, even if we were to get the amount that they are speculating, which I think based on the 1966, and you say that it's been revised, but the Parkland Institute says actually those particulars were not revised. And I think that you've given a good heads up to the Canadian government to get busy and, get to to work on revising it, maybe before we even pull out. Anyway, I just think it's problematic. The numbers are problematic uh, based on the numbers that life... uh, life, Thanks
0: so much, uh, Wanda. I think that's some great feedback for the panel to hear. I would now like to welcome the panel to uh, see if they have any additional dialogue to share with you on those uh, important comments.
3: Uh, How about, uh, Mary here, I tackle the first one, which is the ability to move your pension around from provinces. Right now, uh, you can do that under, as you mentioned, Wanda, under the CPP plan. And Quebec also has that same ability. I actually have contributed CPP in pretty much every province in Canada from uh, one coast to the next, including in Quebec. And I now receive one check from the CPP that has accumulated all those amounts and gives me one check. So the fact that the government of Canada has that agreement in place with Quebec is something we would want to mirror and work with other provinces to mirror so that you would get one check. But this is something to be worked out. Worst case, you might get two payments one from CPP, one from the Alberta Pension Plan, wherever you would be residing at that time. So, but the second part, how about I turn it over to you, Jim?
1: Thanks, Thanks, Mary, I'll carry that anchor. Um, you know, uh, I, I get, Wanda, I understand the concern that you've been concerned by what Parkland has said to you or what you've read that they've said. And uh, I'm, we'll-, we'll it down we'll say that wanda is worried about that the numbers aren't real and and then we'll put that we'll put that down in our list of concerns that albertans have and all i can say is that the the only actuarial study that's been done is the one that the government has released clearly there will be negotiations but i i i will we will mark down the fact that wanda is concerned that the numbers aren't real. Let's go back to some comments and questions, Sarah.
0: Thanks so much, Jim. I'm happy to keep the conversation going. Um, We have Karth on the line, listening tonight from Fort McMurray. Karth, your line is now open. Please go ahead.
6: Uh,
7: Good evening, panel. Um, So, Mike, I have more of a comment. I'm one of those people that uh, Mr. Denning identified as Yes, no matter what. And I think part of, the, part of the issue, too, goes back to Wanda, where she's talking about misinformation coming from the government and this, this study. But on the flip side, there's also misinformation coming back from people that oppose the idea, um, such as, you know, your pension won't be portable or that, you know, any, any number of things that i've that i've heard uh on twitter or on x and on facebook and i'm wondering if there's any uh if there's any plan to counteract
8: uh the emotional response that isn't based on fact
1: well well car thanks thanks for the comment uh there's always um there's always in this uh, debate or in this a- adult conversation that we're having, there's always gonna be different points of view. And you've expressed yours, you're in, you're in favor of it. You're asking for more information. And that's something we, we need to be able to tell the government. They, they're, there's, there is concern about misinformation and they need more information out there so that all Albertans are equally informed when it comes to the time for the vote. So thanks for your comments.
0: Thanks very much, Jim. Uh, Keeping the conversation going, we have another individual who has asked for us to read their question. Um, It comes from Mahad in Fort McMurray. And Mahad says, if a politician wants to use that money for something else, can they actually use it? Is it kept safe just for pensions? So perhaps I'd have panel member uh, Moyen Yaha go ahead. And if others have more to share, we can check in with you as well
4: so that's uh, you know again we've been hearing this uh, now even in this uh, last few minutes this uh, concern and so that's something that the panel uh, if this is the kind of feedback we keep getting would recommend to the government that there be legislation that guarantees that the money is not used for anything but payouts to the people who are drawing a pension and the fact is that the government of alberta does manage pensions in other for the public sector the government of alberta uh, has been using the pension, their pen, that money to pay out uh, pensioners in Alberta. Uh, there are other countries in the world, uh, small and big, that have run their own pensions. Uh, there are states in the US that run their pensions. So it is uh, completely feasible to not only run a pension plan, but also create legislation that ensures that the money is only used for the payouts to the uh, pensioners. And I should note that The same question could be asked of the federal government just because the federal government has not been uh, using the money for anything else Uh, there's always uh, bills being introduced in the house of parliament and the senate um, asking that the canada pension plan be used to uh, comply with green energy regulations and things like that so there's all sorts of uh, threats uh, at both levels and so i would say that the key is to have good legislation that's there, and then it's up to you, the voters, uh, in the referendum and in subsequent generations to make sure the government, uh, you know, uh, is loyal or is uh, pays fidelity to the legislation.
0: Thank you so much. Just a reminder, if you're just connecting and you haven't had a chance to join the conversation, you can do so by pressing star three on your telephone or by submitting any comments or feedback directly in the online portal if you're listening online. Our next question is from a live listener. This is going to be Tanya in Ardrossan. Tanya, your line is now open. Please go ahead.
9: Hi, good evening, panel. Uh, I share a lot of the same sentiments Uh as as some of the other participants here tonight uh, my big question is uh how can we protect um um ourselves as voters and um pensioners that we have checks and balances are going to be in place to manage the fund and uh i think that that really needs a, a lot of clarity uh moving forward that that um we just have a lot of transparency on you know in the future uh with different um with different uh perhaps provincial parties involved that fairness is in place to make these decisions where the funds will be invested
10: Thank you
1: it's Jim Gooding, uh, excellent comment. Um, let me ask you this question, if you're still on the line. Are you in any way nervous today about how the CPP, the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board, manages your funds?
9: Absolutely. If, pardon me? I, I I I am concerned that, um... Uh, just knowing that it's gonna be there in future generations. That's that's my primary concern right, and that we're right. just um yeah. you know, I'm I'm fourth generation Albertan, so uh I'm going nowhere.
11: Yeah.
9: <laughs> uh and I, I want to ensure <laughs> that <laughs> I'm not leaving Alberta and I know that, but uh, a lot of people yeah. do. Yeah. And um and a lot of yeah. people are coming here, but um I just wanna make sure that, that it it's really transparent um who will be involved uh, whether it's a board um that's created and um you know uh you know and 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 we're we know where our money is 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 being invested right i think that's the primary it's uh, a really important. Concern. Yeah,
1: it's a really important comment, and we're gonna we're gonna mark it down because lots of people have expressed this concern, and you're just uh, you you are one of them, and we'll make sure that uh, that that concern is 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 commented on and asking the government to make
9: sure they address it. Wonderful. Well, thanks for calling. I appreciate your time.
0: Thanks very much. I'm gonna move the conversation along to a comment that came from Marg. Uh, Mark was on the phone from Leduc. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read her comment for the panel because uh, we don't have her on the technology right now. Mark says, I'm a senior who is 74 and she is hoping that her CPP might be more than it is right now. So perhaps I could just ask the panel members to comment and reflect on that. Uh, Marg is saying, uh, hoping that her CPP might be more than it is right now.
1: Well, mark it's it's a good it's a good comment. The government, when they released it, said the 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 extra the surplus that uh, is is called for in the report would enable uh, benefits to go up, or contributions, uh, worker and employer contributions to go down, or a combination of both. And what what you're you're putting your hand up and saying, okay. I'd like to see a little extra uh, on my check. So we're, we're gonna mark that down. There's one senior, uh, Marg, who definitely wants to
0: see additional benefits. So thank you. Thanks so much, Jim. Uh, moving it on to a listener who is live on the phone tonight. Our next listener is Candace. Um Candace, go ahead, your line's open. Hi, Candace. Well, folks, in the interest of the conversation moving forward, we're going to just uh, leave Candace briefly. We'll come back to you, Candace. We're not hearing you, but we will come back to you in an effort to get you back live on the line. The next listener is Fred um, from Casper, Alberta. Fred, your line is now open if you're there.
8: Thank
7: you.
2: Uh, I have a, a concern that this is only a telephone town hall and not a live consultation. I have the most utmost
4: respect for Mr. Dinning in his political career, and it seems to me that if this group is really seeking the input from people, we would have live
2: town halls. Uh, so my question is on that: rather, why not a live town hall instead? We have our premier. Um, who
4: stated a falsehood that three hundred thousand people were consulted on the on the in in person in the in the uh uh previous consultation we
8: know that's not true why not a live consultation from this committee uh Fred
1: thanks for the call the comment uh we felt that um we are gonna have face to face meetings Uh, Our plan is to do five of these town hall meetings, partly because, as as Sarah said, the way we started this evening, some well over 100,000, something like 200,000 calls went out to start this meeting 15 minutes beforehand. I'm not sure Sarah might be able to comment about how many people are are currently on the line, but the town hall meetings give us a chance to hear what are the issues around the province. Here we are in Northern Alberta today, next week we'll be covering Southern Alberta, and then I think it's Edmonton and then Calgary and then Central Alberta. And by then we'll have a better idea of what are some of the concerns that folks have, and we can begin to address those in a more focused fashion In the town hall in the in the face to face sessions that we plan for uh, for after after we're done in November, we'll be having meetings in December face to face
0: thanks very much Jim And I can confirm that right now uh and the number fluctuates every few minutes with people joining and and leaving the conversation as they need to, we are at just over ten thousand Albertans participating in tonight's conversation, so let's keep that moving along. I do have another individual who would like to uh join the conversation. This is Terry in Grand Prairie Terry, Terry your line is Terry. open
5: you you're on
0: yep yeah, Terry. Is it- Lloyd, the line is open. Hey there. Hi, Terry. Your line is now open.
12: Hey, thank you. My question is, I am currently collecting CPP. Do I have to worry about this? Or when I move around the country, is my kind of pension going to continue uh, following me around as it does currently?
0: Thanks, Terry. We're going to uh, check in with the panel here to see if they have some comments. I'll start with uh, panel member Mary Ritchie.
3: Thank you, Sarah. And thank you, Terry, for your uh, question. Right now, with uh, this Canada Pension Plan, you're correct. There is portability from province to province. And we know that people are concerned that that would have to be part of this Uh, program. So that is something we're definitely taking note of and passing on to the government that this would have to be part and negotiated. Um, Quebec now, you can, and they have that agreement that you can get the portability. So we would be wanting that same portability. I hope that answers your question,
0: Terry. Did I capture it? Thanks very much, Mary. I think that was great. And just a reminder for everyone who is participating to stay close to your phone because we could be coming to you at just a moment's notice. I want to keep the conversation moving. So I'm now going to check in with Doug from Fort McMurray. Doug, your line is now open.
10: Oh, wonderful. I wasn't anticipating. Um, actually, I left a comment. Um, you able to hear me? Yep, we got you, Doug. Okay, cool. A um, couple of things. Um, I'm fast approaching um, the age where I will be uh, filing to collect my CPP, which I have paid into for pretty much 40 years. Um, I have grave concerns with regards to a, a small portion of individuals making decisions that have, that affect myself and four and a half million other people. I don't feel that is appropriate at all. And if you are planning on something this extreme and this large a capacity that the only people who really do have a say are Albertans. That is first and foremost. That has to be uh like hammered into each and every single individual's heads who is looking at doing this. Um, Regardless whether I agree or disagree, and I'm not going to mince any words, I wholly disagree with this, CPP has been outperforming most other pension funds around uh, that are government subsidized. So there is that. And if you expect me to believe anything from this current government, um, you know what, I got some
12: beautiful,
10: beautiful, beautiful land that will be coming available uh, out by Ford Hills once Suncor is done with it. So there is that. Um, like I say, I don't trust this government. My pension, I've paid into. And I feel this whole um, attempt, uh, for whatever reason, because Danielle Smith did was asked this uh, was asked the question during the campaign, if she would uh, uh, look at a Alberta pension plan and her exact words were no. So I'd really like to see her- live Well, thank you so birds. much
0: for that, Doug. Doug. This is really important dialogue for the panel to hear. I would now like to offer some time to Jim Dinning to respond.
1: Doug, I'm just gonna say thanks. I appreciate you joining us tonight and thanks for your comments. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll mark you down.
0: Thanks so much Jim. Uh next participant is listening live. This is going to be Ed in Grand Prairie. Ed, your line is now open.
2: Yeah, good evening. Uh first comment I'd like to make is about the question we were asked to respond to right at the beginning. Uh only allowing us to select one of the one answer. I think that was inappropriate because most of those issues are equally important to me. Uh the comment I ha- I'd like to make is that I'm undecided. And I'm undecided because I don't have enough information. And we need to know the information before you ever go to a referendum. We need to know how much money we can get. We need to know what the premiums will be, what the returns will be in intimate detail. So coming out now with this type of uh, forum without the detailed information, I think is very premature and uh, inappropriate. I guess that would be the end of my comments.
1: So thanks Ed, for your comments. The, um, the the that's exactly what we're trying to do is find out what are the concerns of Albertans. And I we put out those those three at the start, and uh, we were hoping to just get a summary of what are the highest concerns. But we've heard several tonight, and as for the amount we're going to get uh, in, from from the CPP, what premiums will be, what returns will be. Those are that's information that we will tell the government needs to be in the hands of Albertans, but currently the the report is the best that we've got. In fact, it's the only actuarial report on what Alberta's take would, would what what, they, what Albertans would receive in an Alberta pension plan. Nobody else has done this, but it'll be the subject of discussions and negotiations. But we put you down as undecided and that you need still need more information.
0: Thanks very much, and thanks to everyone for joining the conversation. Moving along, our next listener is Lillian, listening live from Cold Lake. Lillian, your line is now open.
11: Uh, hello. This is the first of these things I've ever done, and I'll admit I am not the most politically in-tuned person, so... I guess my, well, two questions about this is, one, how much would the pension provide? And I guess also the same question as one of the other people already that had asked, like, does the pension follow you? wherever you go in in Canada.
1: Yep. So Lillian, what you're asking is how much, uh, or am I going to get the same amount as I'm getting right now? At a minimum, the answer would be yes. If the Alberta Pension Plan was established, at a minimum, you would receive exactly what you're receiving now. And if you chose to move to another province and retired and retired there, you would still receive a pension plan check, in this case, it would come from the Alberta Pension Plan. But clearly, we haven't made that clear enough, so we'll make sure that the government knows that there needs to be crystal clarity on uh, those two issues.
0: Thanks very much, Jim. Just checking with the other members of the panel, Mary or Moyan. do you have anything more to share in uh, with regards to Lillian's dialogue? Okay, thank you so much. And just a reminder for everyone who is listening, both on the phone or online, and has tr- is trying to join the conversation by pressing star three or submitting a question online, we have hundreds of individuals who are participating this way and if you do not have a chance to join the conversation live I want to let you know that all of the comments you do submit either through one of the operators or the online portal will be shared directly with the panel. So even if you're not live you are part of the conversation tonight so please keep trying and let's keep this conversation moving. I would like to now welcome Joanne who's listening live from Grand Prairie. Joanne your line is now open.
5: Good evening, and thank you for taking my call. Um, my question is
0: I'm an individual who is still employed,
5: and I took, I'm close to retirement, to the retirement age, but I've already started collecting my Canada pension.
6: So, how would
5: that affect somebody in my category? Jim, Mary,
12: have- can you take that? Mary, yes. can you take
3: that? Thank you, Joanne, for your question. Um, Like you, I am still employed and I am also uh, collecting my CPP uh, investment. And it is a mathematical formula based on the contributions you've made over your working career and uh, additional benefits that you're putting in now. I'm not sure exactly how they uh, affect that, if they're going to increase it or not certainly something for me to look into and it's a question we'll uh, take away because I suspect many people will be doing much like you and I are, Joanne.
0: Thanks very much, Mary. Uh, Continuing the conversation, the next comment comes in from Clayton, who's listening in Camrose. I'm going to go ahead and read this. Clayton says, Alberta continues to contribute to the CPP. And we pay far more than we take out. With an Alberta pension plan, we can pay less and receive more. The comment I'll share with the panel. Any uh, any response to Clayton's dialogue, Jim?
1: No, just another helpful comment from Clayton. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much. Um, our next caller is listening live uh, from White Court. This is Wade. Wade, your line is now open.
12: Thank you. Good evening, everyone. Uh, yeah, I just got a, uh, a a question. I don't know, maybe it's a dumb question, but as far as I'm concerned, there's never a dumb question. What What's in it for <laughs> myself? Sorry about that. What's in it for myself and fellow pensioners and what's in it for Alberta?
1: Well, it, let me take a quick stab at that. Um, we're talking about uh, our pensions being run through the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board today. It's headquartered in Toronto. Uh, decisions are made from the, those world headquarters uh, for, about an international, a global investment fund. And the one benefit that we that, uh, the morneau report Report r- reminds us is that if those decisions were made in Alberta by Albertans, calling those shots the, the 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 ripple effect about the kind of services that would be needed to make those international global investment decisions could would be located here in alberta and and uh, that that is but one do you see any other benefits or is this a concern you have uh
12: no i i agree with you know i'm Seventy-five percent on the good side of this, and uh, I've just, you know, if it's in Alberta, you know, I uh, I've lived in Alberta now for forty, just about fifty years, and uh, if it stays here in Alberta, is managed by Alberta, I'm all
3: for it. If I could add a comment, yeah, go ahead. Thank you, Jim. Wade, you asked uh, what might happen, and as Jim pointed out earlier, the benefits could be higher and the premiums charged to both uh, employees and employers could be lower or some combination thereof. This would be a decision made in Alberta for Albertans.
12: Right and and that would be a good decision if you know if if we can if us as pensioners can benefit and, and the province of Alberta can benefit that's that's great.
0: Thanks very much for that dialogue, Wade. And thanks for the panel members' response. The next question is from Tom in Fort McMurray. And I'm going to have uh, panel panel member Moyen Yaha respond to this. Uh, Tom, we're going to read it aloud. It says, I get a comb- combination of CPP and OAS and penalized if I work. What does the Alberta pension plan look like? Is it a two-tiered system like CPP, OAS, or is it just a fixed amount? Thanks for the question, Tom.
4: That's a good question, Tom. Uh, I don't think uh, the panel as such has uh, turned its mind to it, but it would be uh, something that we would note in, uh, in our recommendation to the government that they should consider the interaction between CPP and OAS. And uh, if uh, what you say is that it penalizes uh, work, then perhaps that's something that the L- government of Alberta should consider uh, when setting up an APP. Uh, but uh, your comment is the first time we, we're hearing this or that I'm hearing it. So uh, we'll note it down and uh, we'll uh, work it into our report. Thank you.
5: Thanks
0: very much. The next uh, participant is Amanda. Amanda's listening from White Court. Amanda, go ahead. Your line is now open. Hi there. I think a lot of my... Hi, Amanda. Um, I think a good chunk of my questions have kind of been covered by other people asking questions tonight. Um, I think my main concern is for the people who are in Alberta now and are retired, but have spent a chunk of their life in other provinces contributing to CPP, how will that affect the current
11: CPP payments that they will be getting if it is being contributed from other provinces? How, like,
3: how would that- Mary,
1: will you tackle that? that Mary, can you ta- tackle that portability question?
3: Yes, At at this point, they've put their money into the pension plan, it is their pension. And no matter where they live in the country, that is their pension. So there would be no change to uh, anyone currently receiving the Canada Pension Plan amounts. What could happen is only for those people post uh, those years, how will those monies be determined either from GPP or the Alberta Pension Plan or a combination. But if you've moved to Alberta, you're getting a cpp you will continue to get
0: that thanks very much for that moving the conversation along our next listener is mark in grand prairie uh, mark go ahead your line is now open
6: hey
2: guys um hey guys uh um my question is uh about the death benefit this is money that we all pay in every payday and I'm just kind of curious, will uh, my my spouse receive my total contribution in the end, or will it be absorbed by the uh, by the uh, pension fund itself? And I'd just like to add that I'm all in favor of moving forward with this.
0: Thanks for that, Mark. I'm going to ask Mary to please go ahead.
3: Thank you, Mark, for that question. And, and we've not... Had that question yet, for, so that has to be part of our report to examine that. Uh, I have uh, been the unfortunate recipient of a death benefit from the CPP, and it was uh, an important amount to receive. It was very helpful to receive, and we have to make sure that uh, is maintained, and we will make sure that is in our report. So thank you, Mark.
1: Yeah, Mark, I would echo Mary's comment that that the 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 law provides. The current law says that if a province exits from the Canada Pension and set, in our case sets up an Alberta Pension Fund, the benefits that must be offered must be as good as, equal to, or better than the previous uh, than than the CPP. So that is that's the law that the government would have to and would be obliged. To, uh, to support, to embrace and to uh, to make sure that, that that's what happened.
8: Thanks
0: very much. Our next question is submitted from Richard who's listening online. So I will read the question and then ask panel member Moyin Yeya to please respond. Richard's question is, explain how LifeWorks came up with the total value of the CPP that they could withdraw over 50% of the total fund for a province with roughly 14% of the total Canadian population. So perhaps I could ask Moyin to respond to that from Richard.
4: Yeah, good question. Uh, so, you know, the LifeWorks report is, uh, is there. Uh, it's quite detailed. Uh, it's building on uh, section uh, 113, uh, sub two of the Canada Pension Plan Act. Which talks about uh, the total amount of contributions um, that are put in, essentially minus the uh, amounts paid out in terms of uh, pension payments, and of course that money is not sitting uh, in a you know a checking account; it's being invested in the CPPIB. So there's a the CPPIB is like a hedge fund; it's like a, one of these Wall Street uh, hedge funds that takes money and puts it out there and invests it. And so if you do the math that we uh, in Alberta have been paying 2 to 4 billion dollars uh, more in premiums every year than is sent back to seniors uh, especially the last uh, couple of decades then that and then of course you compound it uh, sitting in the bank so there's this uh, 2 to 4 billion annual surplus that's sitting in uh, the the pension plan and it's being compounded over time uh, that's how we end up with uh, this 300 billion dollar uh, approximate uh, number um, and it uh, sounds uh, large, <laughs> 53% of the fund, uh, but that's because other provinces, uh, some provinces like BC and Ontario, um, they've, they're running a surplus, a smaller surplus, uh, but there are other provinces that have been r- running a deficit. In other words, other provinces have been putting in money into the CPP plan, uh, but taking out more. And so the, the total has to add up to 100, but the fact that we're 53% of the fund with only 15% of the population, is a reflection on our demographics. We have a younger population, we have a richer population, and so we're putting in more money and drawing out much less, and it's been sitting in the bank uh, earning uh, a good uh, uh, rate of return. So that in a nutshell is the answer, but you can uh, take a look at the uh, LifeWorks uh, math. It's in the report and uh, it's pretty comprehensive. I hope that answers the
0: question. Thanks for that, Moyen. Moving along, the next caller is Ben, and Ben is listening live from Grand Prairie. Ben, please go ahead, your line's open.
6: Hey there. Hey, um my question is um so let's if if this all would go ahead, how much money would be spent? Having like from taxpayers' money being spent on this <clears throat> given the chance that it could not even happen, uh, given the, the opposing parties and, and the people and um basically how much money has been spent so far on this subject and how much money potentially would come from the taxpayers.
2: Uh-huh.
1: I'll uh, try to take I'll try to take that, Ben. Uh the the government could give you more detailed numbers, but the LifeWorks report, if I'm not mistaken, uh was about a one point five million dollar contract. And and this uh and that was over about two or over a two or three year period. And LifeWorks actually uh went back and updated their report once the cpp's actuarial report was uh, released in 2022 and then as for this process mounting these town hall meetings and uh, and, and pulling together our engagement panel we estimate it'll be about one and a half million dollars and the government of course has spent uh funds uh, tax dollars to promote the awareness of the report and the albertapensionplan.ca website. And if I'm not mistaken, that's in the order of about $7.5 million. Uh, As an investment to help Albertans think through whether, how, or if uh, a pension plan would come to be, uh, that's frankly a, a modest amount of money to be spent, when you think about, if it does go ahead, the sort of the 25 year payback uh, would be, uh, would uh, make that small upfront investment a pretty small one. Except the concern though, that these are taxpayer dollars and you wanna make sure that your dollars are spent wisely.
0: Thanks very much, Jim. Uh, there's about 30 minutes left in tonight's town hall event, so keeping the conversation going, I'm going to go to the next caller, who is Hansa, listening live from White Court. Hansa, please go ahead. Your line is now open. Looks like we just are having a technical issue with Hansa. If he comes back, we will bring uh, the conversation back. Moving along, I have uh, Alan from High Level. Alan, your line is now open.
13: Hello. Yes. Uh, thank you for giving us the opportunity to uh, consider this this issue. One of the things that's a big concern of mine, because there's been cases where um, government managed pensions have been not invested from the point of view of earning a good return for um, the the people that are their uh, investors that in the case of cpp or or other public plans it's the people you know the people who are working and and contributing so i'm i'm hoping uh i'm thinking it's a necessary thing to have that if we do transfer uh to an alberta pension plan that there would be a clearly spelled out fiduciary responsibility for uh, the pension funds to be managed with the eye of maximizing returns to the, the people who have put their money into it. And I think that if you spell that out, then I think it's it's something that going forward, uh, we wouldn't run into these kind of what I'll call boutique investments that seem to, from time to time, become attractive, which really are not uh, properly considered investments. They're, they're kind of something else, like low-interest loans. And, and that kind of thing. So I'm wondering what the panel thinks about that or uh, if that's something that the government's willing to commit to.
1: I think you've articulated it very, very well, Ellen. And uh, Mary has a comment.
3: Yeah, thank you, Alan. And as I mentioned at the beginning, being on the original CPP Investment Board, the mandate was maximize returns while minimizing risk which is a really smart mandate in that you can take huge gambles but that involves huge risk and that can't be done when it relates to people's pension funds. So there is a portfolio of uh, different investments at the CPP and they would have to be mirrored in what Albert the Alberta plan was i mentioned at the beginning that this this fund could also be continued to be managed by the cpp or by a new Alberta investment board but that board would have to balance accountability independence and risk because the ultimate stakeholders have to be confident they'll get their money that would have to be put into whatever new law mandated the uh, fund. Thank you, Alan.
0: Thanks very much for that, Mary. Continuing the conversation, I'd like to welcome Megan, who's listening from Peace River. Megan, please go ahead. Your line is now open.
14: Hi, thank you, panel.
0: So I have deep
14: concerns about the absolute lack of skepticism that has the numbers that have been presented in the LifeWorks report have been approached with. So there was a question from Richard earlier about how the figure of $334 billion was arrived at, and I understand that there is a formula in which any group of people living within a province has the right to you know, withdraw, and there's the formula that determined how we came to that figure, And you know, we came to that 53% figure. However, if we look at the province of Ontario, using that same mathematical formula, they would be entitled to 85% of the fund. So it really behooves the question of what we think our role is in confederacy if, number one, we think that it is justified that we should essentially withdraw 50% of the Canada pension plan, essentially bankrupting our partners in confederacy. And number two, how we'd be responding to this if it was the province of Ontario putting this forward and saying that they are entitled to 85% of this very same fund. So now, I really think that if there is an interest in serving Albertans, that there needs to be some sort of an opt-in pension plan that is running concurrent to the Canada Pension Plan. I am firmly, firmly opposed to withdrawing from the Canada Pension Plan. And if there is an interest in Alberta... To run more higher risk investments, such as the previous caller was referring to, maximizing returns, then there needs to be a separate pension plan run that is opt in only. Thank you very much
1: Those are good suggestions uh, megan Th- Thank you for that for especially the sort of a top up or a sidebar uh, plan uh, Moin, would you would you want to comment? On what the Fair Deal panel heard about uh, the, the the larger concern and the Alberta pension plan being a, a possibility, or at least ought to be considered. Moyen? uh
4: Yeah, I think the concern expressed uh, by the caller is sort of the can be either a concern or it can be uh, you know a net uh, a positive, uh, depending on uh, whose perspective. Um, and, or which perspective you take. So when we were consulting with Albertans on how best to strengthen our position within Confederation, obviously uh, those who um, have a more favorable view for of Confederation would say stay in the pension plan. Those who thought that Alberta was not being treated fairly in Confederation thought that, well, if we're over-contributing into the system, why uh, should we uh, be putting all this money into the system that only benefits the, the very provinces that are uh, perhaps uh, getting the federal government to pass legislation that is adverse to Alberta. So I think that's the sort of um, thinking. Uh, and then that's why the the, the 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 Fair Deal panel did not come out with a strong view one way or the other. Rather, it said to the government, first of all, do the math and come up with the numbers. And then, two, put that in a referendum uh, to the voters, which is uh, echoes a concern somebody earlier talked about. So ultimately, it's going to be the voters of Alberta, uh, the people of Alberta who decide this. And uh, they have to take into account both, uh, you know, the pros and cons of um, pulling in or staying in, pulling out or staying in, sorry.
0: Thanks very much. The next question is from an online listener, and this is from Cindy. So I'll go ahead and read this question. How do you plan to make this sustainable if the demographics change? So perhaps we'll ask panel member Mary Ritchie to go ahead and then check if any of the other members have any other comments to share.
3: Uh, thank you, Cindy. Talking about sustainability is really important, and uh, that is a combination of investment returns, money's being put in, money's being taken out. So it is a constant balancing thing, and demographics. change. Um, At this point, we are a young province with a large working pool of people who are contributing, and that might change. But at this point, we don't see that changing for a considerable time. Those are good issues, though. We have to look at how they are built into our report and reported to the government that somebody needs to start looking forward to that whole demographic issue.
0: I hope that. Yeah, thanks so much for that, Mary. The next caller is uh, Nathan, who's listening from Grand Prairie. Nathan, please go ahead. Your line is now open.
8: Hi, how's it going? Hi, Nathan. Nathan.
0: Yeah, hi, Nathan.
8: Hey, I just want to know, just because types of jobs, I think, should be. uh more paid out than other jobs, like you got tradespeople in Alberta and stuff like that that it you know they sacrifice your family oil field people, or you got welders, you got uh pipe fitters, all that kind of stuff. I think there should be different categories for jobs for payouts. You
1: work longer so you're hours. asking for a you're asking for a different uh sort of variable benefits, Nathan,
8: yeah. Yeah, something like that. Like, I depending on your hours and all that kind of stuff, I think if you're in Alberta, like these tradespeople, you should be compensated for that. I don't think just government jobs should get the highest paid out for CPP and stuff like that as uh, a contribution with low low hours amount in a day. Some days we do 18, 16-hour days. You're gone on the road. You miss birthdays. You miss, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, it's a dangerous job every single day.
12: Yeah.
8: Yeah. It, it's, and I, I hear
12: you.
1: I'm, you, I keep going. Sorry.
8: Your contribution might be a little more because you're, you're working more hours, but I think your payout should be higher.
1: Right. Well, up to now, Nathan, it's been a sort of a, a, almost a one-size-fits-all plan uh, that also addresses disability and death benefits. Uh, but your suggestion that uh, we should have a, a variable uh, pension plan, look, let's, let's make note of this. And uh, as, it, as it comes up and we have to consider it in our report, we'll do just that. But we appreciate you uh, uh, sending in your uh, bringing us your comments.
0: Thanks, Jim. The uh, next question uh, comes from Rosie, who's listening from Whitefish Lake, First Nation 459. And Rosie says, a lot of people have a low standard of living and poor education. They only live on CPP and OAS. Is there any increase in the making? So perhaps I'll ask uh, the panel to please respond, uh, perhaps starting with Moyen.
4: Well, that's uh, so again, the more feedback we receive uh, of this nature, this uh, will uh, uh, sort of bolster our uh, report and uh, perhaps make a recommendation to the government that in considering the legislation that they're going to pass, uh, they uh, make that uh, one of the features. So by law, the CPP Act requires that any Alberta pension plan must uh, provide at least uh, at a floor the the basic whatever the CPP is offering. Uh, As the premier mentioned, uh, if we get uh, the payout from the CPPIB or the transfer of assets, that will enable us either to increase benefits or lower premiums or or a combination thereof. So, you know, this is the kind of thing that the government of Alberta will have to consider. And uh, this might be something that the panel um, recommends uh, based on the feedback and how much feedback we get of this nature. But uh, good question and uh, good comment. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Moyan. Moving on to the next listener. This is going to be Kim, and Kim is listening from Grand Prairie. Kim, your line is now open. Hi. I just,
5: so many things enter my mind. I'm flabbergasted that we, with the province that we have, with the number of the population in Alberta, how we think it's conceivable that we could get 53% of the money. I'm I'm highly questioning the numbers. And I'm questioning life Works. I think maybe we need another study done, perhaps maybe one based out of Ontario or BC or another province to see if they come up with these numbers because it's unfathomable how we could get that much money. It makes no sense. And I think uh, I just I'm suspect of a lot of the things the government does because even the questionnaire, it didn't ask you yes or no. Do you want to opt in? It says, what would you do with the surplus money? Why is that even a question? The surplus money, there shouldn't be surplus. What goes in is invested. I, I even heard the premier say, oh, well, maybe we can use that money to um, fund the uh, provincial police. And I thought, that money doesn't go to fund anything. It's not Alberta government money. It should be staying in the funds. So I think she's giving these, like, what would you do if you won the lottery? Well, that's what she's doing. I think, she's, I think it's not truthful what is being said, and I think a lot of this is just convincing people that you're going to get more for less. I can't see that. The federal government, their plan, the CPP, it's working. My husband's in a teacher, like a retired teacher. Those fund returns are not as good as what the CPP rates of return are, so I, I highly doubt that we will get so much better, and also I think we're in oil we the whole the world is converting to another source of fuel and it'll be much more electric. Do you think that we're forever gonna be putting in more than we're getting back? What happens? We've always given more, but what happens when we don't have oil? There pretty likely gonna be a time when we might get more than we give. I just I just suspect I'm suspect of all of this. I think they're pulling the wool over our eyes when they think we're gonna get have all this extra money. So I, I just I'd like another study done, maybe from outside of Alberta government, to see if these numbers actually match up. That's my concern. It just it seems very unrealistic when you do the math.
1: Jim, thanks for your comments.
0: Thanks very much, Jim. And moving the conversation on, we have another live listener. This is Ariana, who's listening from Fort McMurray. Ariana, please go ahead. Your line is now open.
15: Hi there. Um, I would like to echo the caller, the last uh, caller's sentiments. I'm completely incensed over this um, talk about an Alberta pension plan. Um, I realize that Quebec, created their own pension plan back in the 60s when the Canada pension plan was being created. And if we look at their contribution rates now, they're contributing more than we are currently contributing to the CPP. And I'm just wondering, as a young Albertan, why, you know, what's in it for me? Why would I go through or agree to this speculative process just to end up with what the CPP is currently giving me. And there has been no talk about, um, you know, a payout of a disability benefit, which the CPP also pays out, a survivor pension benefit, or even a children's benefit, all of which currently exists and that Albertans um, collect on currently. Has the panel even given any um, credence to these additional benefits as well?
1: Moin, do you want to take that from Mary? I'll
4: let Mary start and then I can.
3: Uh, uh, thank you. It was, again, these are great questions. The number is based uh, on calculations and the fundamental basis is, come from the Government of Canada and from the CPP Investment Board and from the Canada's chief actuary. Uh, that were used to underpin the report. So that's the first thing. But the next thing would be to make sure that those benefits that people have paid for and are in their existing CPP plan would uh, be mirrored in a new new plan. As Jim said, at one point, this would have to, uh, by law, be at least as good as what people are getting under the uh, current plan. Yeah, uh,
4: yeah, I'll just say, so the the various uh, benefits that you identified, disability survivor, or uh, many of these are already, uh, they're in the CPP Act, so they're already in Division A, which is uh, the benefits payable section of the CPP Act. So if Alberta set up its own pension plan, it would have to mirror all those benefits that are in the uh, CPP Act, so
7: that's that's how that would look.
0: Thanks very much for that. The next question is a live listener. Um, it's Daryl from Grand Prairie. Um, it might be Drell, so Drell or Daryl, please go ahead. Your line is now open. <laughs> Hi, Drell. We've got you. If you're uh, if you're there, your line's open. And he has hung up. I will go ahead, and um, I can read the question and comment that was shared. The question says, Albertans, no matter what way we go ahead, um, if that money is invested by Albertans for Albertans, we will be in good hands. So I will leave that comment with the panel and I will keep the conversation going by going to the very next participant. This is Mary who's listening from Grand Prairie. Mary go ahead your line is open. Uh, First off I'd like to
5: thank the panel for putting together this town hall. Um, It's very rare that government even bothers to consult with us so I think that's great. My question to start is would the um, old age security and the top-up also port to Alberta with the CPP? And then my second question is would uh, outside uh, influences such as the WEF or the UN be able to put restrictions on our investments such as with the ESG scoring and sustainable uh, 16 goals that they have, things like that? Um, because that I don't think would be a good thing to have.
1: <laughs> well, thank you, Mary. Uh, Mary or Moyne on the OAS uh, GIS top up uh, and the outside influence. Which one of you want to take that one on?
4: Uh, go ahead, Mary, with the top uh, up at least.
3: Uh, well, what I will address is the whole uh, others telling us about how we have to invest. And you made the comment on the ESG or uh, environmental uh, governance uh, reporting. That's becoming more and more something that public companies are being required to report on. But they don't necessarily have to form people's investment portfolio unless you think you get higher returns from that. So that would be something for... Uh, any board, including the current CPP Investment Board, to consider in their portfolio. So maybe the rest I'll hand over to you, Moyen.
4: Well, again, the, our role in this uh, is to uh, get the feedback from uh, from you. So the, your your question or comment is noted, and it's something that the panel will consider in when making its uh, report and recommendations to the government.
0: Thanks again for that. The next question is um, going to come from Dave, and Dave is listening in Fort McMurray. Dave, your line is now open.
2: Hi, good evening. Um, I'm just looking for some clarity. I attended a pension conference uh, last spring, um, and without going through all the legalities, they pretty much stated that uh, for, for Alberta to opt out of the pension plan would be more difficult and changing the Canadian constitution as it requires like every province to agree to it. Um, so that's what was mentioned. Um, and I'm just wondering if I can get some feedback on the actual viability of us leaving the plan and what's required, uh, by other provinces as far as, uh, agreeing to us, taking that large sum of money. Dave,
1: uh, Moyne is our, uh member of the panel who happens to teach law at the University of Alberta, so he could speak to the legal part
12: of that. Uh,
1: Yeah, you know, section uh, 113,
4: uh, sub three says, where notice in writing has been given to the minister by the government of a province, as described in, and so on. The minister with the approval of the governor and council may on behalf of the government of Canada enter into an agreement with the government of that province. And then it goes on to describe the process of, uh exiting so my reading of the canada pension plan act is that it's just one uh, when a province wants to exit it gives notice and then enters into an agreement on the mechanics of exiting um i'd be curious um i'm you know I, as i've been teaching now law for 20 years i every time i think i have the answer because somebody always
12: <laughs> says they
4: they've read something else so i'm always curious to hear if uh if, if people think that it's harder to exit i'd like to see where in the canada Pension Plan Act. That is. So if later on you find out, just send it in via our portal, uh, the website. Uh, there's an email address there. So, uh, or anybody else who's listening, if they have the answer to that. But my reading of it is it's only one province that needs to give notice, and that is the province that wishes to exit.
0: Thanks very much for that. Um, the next uh, dialogue has come in from a listener who is online tonight. This is from Sean, and I'll go ahead and read it. And Sean says, what is the benefit to Albertans if we are to separate the pension but still have the CPP administer it? Would the government consider hiring its own financial planner? So that's some uh, some comments there for the panel. Jim, why don't I start with you?
1: Uh, didn't couldn't stay on the line because it'd be interesting to hear what he, actually, what he has to say. But the, one, of the, one of the comments that was made early on is that if you're going to go ahead with this, it, it raises concerns, many of which have been addressed here tonight. And if through the transition process, if it still made sense and gave Albertans a little bit more confidence in an Alberta pension plan that the CPP Investment Board would continue to invest those funds for a finite period of time as Alberta's investment capacity grows even greater than it is now. And if that gave some uh, relief or or of of concern for Albertans who were concerned, then that's a transition that, that could be done. It would have to be negotiated with the CPP Investment Board, but it's, it's a possibility. And the same with administering the benefits. They're cur- currently done by uh, Social Development Canada. Uh, you get your check from from Social Development Canada effectively. And if that relieved Albertan's concern in the transition, then we, we we'd, we'd put that that was what the government suggested could be a possibility.
0: Thanks for that reflection, Jim, and uh, I'm going to keep, uh, keep things moving along. Please the do. Next, the next caller here is Norma, uh, and Norma is listening live from Grand Prairie. Norma, go ahead. Your line is now open.
5: Hi there. Um, I'm wondering if uh, there is preparation in place where obviously, like, there's going to be, like, a great influx of... Um, people from other provinces should this go through and what what would the criteria be for what is an Albertan? Like is it somebody that lived here for a few months in nineteen seventy five or how does how does that work? Um, like I've lived and worked here my whole life, um but I've also lived in Manitoba, I've also lived in BC. But I don't consider them my home provinces. I'm just, I'm just. Mary, can you, uh,
1: could, could could you, could you respond to Norma's uh, question or concern,
6: Mary?
3: Just unmuting myself. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Like you, I have uh, contributed. From in every province in this country. I actually live in Alberta, uh, have lived here my whole life, but uh, those amounts would be taken into consideration. The money's pooled and you get one uh, check no matter where you reside. Currently in Canada with the Alberta plan, the intent would be to mirror that, but these are issues that we need to take forward to the government and let them know that people are concerned, that we're hearing your concerns.
0: Thanks again. The next listener is um, Harvey, and Harvey is listening live from Athabasca County. Harvey, go ahead. Your line is now open.
7: Yes, thank you very much. I uh, appreciate this and uh, all of the conversations. Uh, I guess that uh, maybe Mary touched on a couple of the points that I would make is, I I would be uh, concerned that uh that if Alberta were to do this that there would be uh the same sort of objectivity and independence that one would expect of any uh investment uh, situation. And uh I guess the uh it troubles me that that uh somewhat in the opposite way that General gentleman McMurray said earlier, that uh that perhaps given the position of the Alberta government on renewable energy, where they basically uh, stopped the major investments in it for six or eight months, that that sort of ideology would somehow find its way into investment uh, criteria. And, And I hope it would not. But I guess that while fossil fuels are currently economically very cheap, in the long run they're going to be very, very ecologically expensive with the climate and all the planetary concerns we have. So I I'm hoping that that if uh this were to go ahead that it would be clearly independent of of the current governments and that uh so the the, uh, the the investment managers or boards would would have the independence and objectivity to be able to look at not only the short-term returns which is important but as well as the long-term uh considerations in terms of you know the obligations and roles at Alberta and other jurisdictions will have in, in moving the planet towards sustainability. The the other uh comment I would make is that uh we've been concerned by by the survey and the questions actually you gave us tonight, and nowhere in those questions were we allowed just to say flat, we disagree with this. That there seems to be an unwillingness on the part of the of the, the people who are presenting this idea. They don't want to be told we don't want this and and we would be amongst those that would be in that position we don't think it's a good idea we think the cpp does a good job and and see no reason why it should change thank you very much Uh,
1: harvey thanks for the comments especially the earlier ones about uh, objectivity and independence and um, the, the the as for the question you're going to get your say We've made it very clear to us that you're not supportive, so we've noted that tonight. And secondly, this will go uh, this will go to a referendum. The government has said as much. And rather than pop the question too early, that's the purpose of these town hall meetings: is to hear from Albertans, hear their concerns, so that we can make note of that for the government. So ultimately, they will have they will they will be obliged to address them. Thanks for your comments.
0: Thanks very much, Jim, and I know we are coming up to the top of the hour, but there's still a couple of uh, really important comments and uh, opportunities for discussion, so I'm going to go ahead with at least a couple more here and uh, hear from the panel. The next listener is Amir. Amir is listening live from Fort McMurray. Amir, your line is now open.
6: Hi. Good evening. Thank you for this panel. Uh firstly I'd like to say that there's so much uncertainty around this uh Alberta potential Alberta pension program uh when it comes to like disability payments death payments and also mobility when it comes to uh moving in and out of the province uh and I think that's not very conducive to a proper conversation around um a potential Alberta program pension program and secondly I'd like to ha- talk about the Increased costs of running an independent uh, Alberta pension program. I think the government of Quebec also runs its separate pension program uh, and they have a higher tax rate than Alberta uh, because they have higher costs of running their own tax revenue agency. Uh, Will it mean that in due time we will have to end up paying more? Uh, Will it mean that the government will run its own tax revenue agency um, and 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 we'll be paying more for essentially by law. What we would have to receive is the same as the CPP would is currently paying us. Uh, why are we Why are we spending so much money or putting ourselves in a position where we have to spend more money uh, in terms of our tax dollars for something that is working just fine? Thank you. Thanks, Amir.
1: All right, you want to comment on that? Um,
3: the costs in the Quebec plan are a mixture of administrative costs, as you mentioned, Amir, but also the cost of their population aging and the returns they need to meet what needs to come out of the plan. So it's it's a mixed bag of costs. Uh, there would be costs to set up an Alberta pension plan. It might include Uh, an investment group, uh, administrative costs. Right now, we are bearing those costs anyways as part of the CPP and part of your contributions going to support that. So what the net would be, I don't know, but these are great observations for us to take forward and uh, say people want more clarity on what the cost would be. So thank you, Amir. That's great.
0: Thanks very much. And trying to get through just a couple more here as quickly as we can. Um, the next person is Dave, listening live from Sexsmith, Alberta. Dave, your line is open.
7: Again, a little bit of history. I'm already collecting CPP, um, but I've, uh, I'm not, I'm ineligible for OH&S or, uh, oh,
1: sorry, for my old age security because I'm. Uh, I made too much last year, apparently. But my question is, will the pension be indexed? Which I think that you already answered that several times, that you're just going to follow the same as the CPP. But one of the things that I'm really concerned about is um, if we didn't have that, like we're waving around these huge numbers, like these billions of dollars. But the thing is, is that that's not a slush fund. I'm just wondering that if we didn't have that money, Would the Alberta government or the Alberta people be able to be self-funded today if we didn't have any other money? Can we be self-sufficient in just running it with the amount of money that we contribute today? Thank you very much.
0: Thanks so much, Dave. And the panel are uh, very happy to hear that dialogue. Um, Wanting to hear just from a few others as quickly as we can while we have time. I have another comment submitted from an online listener. I want to make sure the panel gets um, we now actually have Michelle live. Um, thanks so much, Michelle, for listening, and uh, your line is now open.
5: Hi, how are you today?
1: We're good, Michelle. Welcome.
5: Good. Um, just a quick question. With the EPP, uh if it is voted
3: in by Albertans, I was wondering, will it be mandatory to, for employers and employees to? contribute to the APP, or
5: will there be options to opt out?
1: I think it's safe to say, Mary, that if you, if the province withdraws, just as the CPP is mandatory today, uh, that that same rule would apply within Alberta to Alberta workers and Alberta employees that their participation in the Alberta pension plan would be mandatory is that not correct?
3: I believe that to be correct Jim the intent of the original cpp was that Canadians had a pension for when they retired and uh, this would be still something that is really good for individuals to have when you get to retirement age so Again, it would uh, uh, be a requirement to match uh, what the CPP is doing, is my interpretation. But Moyen, what are
1: you? Moyen, what, what about you?
4: Yeah, that's my understanding, and uh, that's also to the caller, the previous caller from for Bepari, who um, said there's a lot of confusion about uh, death and disability and uh, survivor benefits. Those are all in the CPP Act, so whatever pension plan is set up by province has to give um, the corresponding benefits also.
0: Thanks very much. Um seeing I have time for just one more final uh final participant tonight. Naomi from Fort McMurray, uh your line is now open. Naomi,
11: please go ahead. Hi there. Um hope everyone's doing well. I just had a question regarding basically something I feel like a lot of Albertans kind of shares um like hopefully getting the age for um, retirement, lower, lowered. And I was wondering if possibly this is something that um, can be looked into. I feel like this is um, something that's shared amongst a lot of Albertans because, you know, I don't know if it's, it's kind of hard to say, but people are passing away a lot younger these days and, you know, they're working a lot harder for like all their lives, but then, you know, they're passing away what, like two years after they start their pension and it's really unfortunate because, you know, you think they'd see the fruit, fruit fruits of their um their labor, you know, for all their lives and whatnot. And then also another thing I wanted to second um something another caller had said about possibly raising the amounts for these benefits. Um and I wanted to second that because, you know, if there was more interest in that then possibly that would be looked into. Further.
8: So we
1: should take note that you'd, you'd advocate a dropping the age of six to below 60 when you can first take your pension and it would put you down for increasing benefits, is that right?
11: Mom, she, I kind of asked her. Yeah, this is on behalf of my mom. So I was just kind of asking for yeah, her. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I, I think what I'm hearing from you is that you, you and your mom would advocate dropping the age of when you can become a when you could take your CPP, it's currently 60, um, and that you'd also want to see a re, an in, increase in benefits. And that's a valuable comment. And we're going to make note of it. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Jim. I'd now like to uh, invite you to share some closing remarks on behalf of yourself and the Alberta Pension Plan Public Engagement Panel. Jim, please go ahead. Well,
1: as you can appreciate, thank you, Sarah. Thank you for moderating. Well well done. Um, you can appreciate this is our first time. So
6: <laughs> we're all, I'll,
1: I'll admit, we might be. Moyne's probably more on top of his game. For Mary and I, we haven't done this or haven't done this for a long time. So we're a little rusty. Moyne, Moyne experienced the Alberta Fairness uh, Fair Deal panel. So he was uh, the chief uh, javelin catcher in that exercise. Uh, so we're glad that he's aboard with us. But we, what we really wanted tonight were the comments that you, uh, you put to us. We tried to answer some of your questions. We couldn't do them all, but we took note. And that's what this... Uh, series of the first five telephone town hall meetings are all about is to do a little rinsing and soaking on this important issue to hear your concerns to try to answer your questions but to take note of what you and your fellow Albertans want to see or not see in an Alberta pension plan clearly there is uh, there is not unanimity on one way or the other as I in my opening remarks, so for some people, the idea is a non starter, for other people, the answer is yes, no matter what, and for a lot of people, the answer is maybe, but it just depends. So, tonight, we heard some I think from some 37 folks on the line who got a chance to voice their comments or questions. Uh, there are hundreds of others that came in, and I know I'm looking forward to the summary. Of, uh, of of the comments that came in online. We're doing this again next Tuesday, October the 24th. Uh, you can find us uh, on the website, albertapensionplan.ca. Uh, it is focused primarily on southern Alberta to everyone from Sexsmith to Grand Prairie to White Court to Fort McMurray. We're on the line tonight and we thank you for participating, you uh, Northern Albertans, and next week we'll do the same with Southern Albertans. I'm going to turn it back to Sarah, but also to say thank you to to Mary and to Moyne and to the people who've uh, helped to make tonight's session go uh, a, a little longer than I'd planned, but to uh, help to for all your help in making it run so smoothly. Back to you, Sarah.
0: Thank you very much, Jim, and thank you again to the panel for hosting. If you want to continue the conversation, you can join us next Tuesday, October 24th at 6.30 p.m. I encourage you to visit albertapensionplan.ca to register for that town hall, a future town hall, complete the survey, or find the information that you are seeking. On behalf of the panel, thank you for joining us, and good night.